everyone what's going on welcome to another episode of the judge's corner with myself jonathan mathis the sports judge and i'm honored to be joined by coach dante tonight it is friday february 3rd and i want to thank all our listeners out there as you guys can listen to us on various platforms we are on spotify we are also on amazon music you guys can listen to us on YouTube as well, so make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and follow us on YouTube for new content daily. It's a lot of fun. Coach Dante, I'm privileged to be joined by you again. What's going on, my man? How you feeling tonight? We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to get into. Oh, man, I'm feeling great, man. Like I say, it's an honor to be up here with you, man. Like I say, you're one of my favorite guys, man. I admire you, man, like you say, about your, your Dodgers and your Lakers and stuff, but all about other things, though, about other sports you're talking about. So I'm very happy to be up here with the sports judge, man, and be a co-host of the Friday night show or, or the Wednesday night show. It went down Wednesday night, but I'm very happy. to Let's get right into it, man. I'm ready to go. It's always a pleasure, right? It's always yeah. a pleasure. <laughs> and, you know, it was breaking news in the NBA world today that Kyrie Irving has asked for a trade uh, from the Brooklyn Nets before the trade deadline. Now, this story blew up once Roge reported it from ESPN, um, and everyone took to social media uh, to give their thoughts, to chime in. This was a big story. At first, I thought it was a joke, and I, I had to look at multiple sources to see if it was actually true or not. Cause I, I, at first I didn't believe it. And when I saw that ESPN reported it and when I saw other people starting to, to uh, post links to articles, I was like, damn, he wants out. And this is not, this is not the first time. This is the second time. Coach. I don't know if we can trust Kyrie Irving. I don't know if he can be trusted. Look, I'm not going to diminish the man's ability to play basketball. I don't think anyone has ever doubted his competitiveness. I don't think anyone has ever questioned his ability to play basketball. I think we all know that he's one of the most skillful guards in the league, that he's one of the best players in the league. It's just that he comes with a lot of baggage and his antics, his antics can be a bit too much for a team to, to deal with. Um, I, I want to let you uh, get into this. I, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving demanding a trade from the Brooklyn Nets? Is it because of a contract dispute? Is it because he probably wants to reunite with LeBron in LA? What do you think? Uh, it's hard to tell with Kyrie Irving. Like I say, uh, it's hard to tell with him. Uh, I think, like I say, again, I thought the Brooklyn Nets were doing a hell of a job, man. Jock Vaughn got the head coaching position. Right now, the Brooklyn Nets are 31 and 20, and most of that because of Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant, when they were playing together, Kevin Durant goes down. Now they're struggling to win ball games. 
And this could be because of a contract dispute. Um, and this could be because he wants to play with LeBron James. It could be both sides uh, either way because, you know, he did admit how uh, how he was acting when LeBron James, you know, he didn't appreciate LeBron James enough when he was in Cleveland and he wanted his own team. And, you know, he, he even threatened that he would have surgery uh, if he didn't get traded. Uh, he messed up the culture over there in Boston, and now look what Boston is doing. So it just seemed like every time Kyrie goes somewhere, uh, the team immediately gets better and better, and Kyrie continues to be a locker room counselor. But at the end of the day, this guy cannot be trusted. He can check out in any moment. And again, if I'm if I'm the uh you know Brooklyn Nets, I'm not giving him no uh 198 million dollars. I don't know how he's. I don't know if he's gonna stay committed to this team. Stay committed to this team. And you saw Kevin Durant came out and said, you know, he was very surprised about Kyrie asking for a trade because I thought it was the Brooklyn Nets were getting it together. I think I thought if they would have played a full season and made the playoffs, I thought they can give a team a first round scare if they could play together. And if these two was on the court, but Kyrie Irving coming out asking for a trade, I pretty much sure it shocked everybody. But I think he wants to get over that with LeBron James. Or I I I can't tell what's Kyrie, what's going on with Kyrie. Or it could be from a contract dispute. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, if I'm Brooklyn, I I'm, I will be. I agree. I'm not giving them no contract. If I'm knowing you're not going to be committed to me, and there he is not committed to Brooklyn. He is not committed. You're seeing he walked away. You know, basically from the contract is contract, and him and his agent walked away. So now it's been interesting to see what the Brooklyn Nets do. Uh, who, what team, what two teams are going to be involved, which is you, you're hearing Dallas and the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers is really the team that he wants to end up with. Uh, I think Dallas will be really intriguing to help uh, Luca Don gets out. Will Luca go take some rest off the bench? You can still have another ball handler that could take over that second unit and help out that second unit. But Kyrie Irving cannot be trusted, and he could be a locker room cancer. And you don't know when he's going to check out. You remember in, in Brooklyn again. Uh, he he left the team. He left the team and did not let the team know where he was going. The team was really concerned about him. Steve Nashdom really was concerned about him. He didn't even ask the team where he was going. He didn't even communicate with the team. And he's been out. So those are the kind of things you got to watch out for Kyrie Irving. No one, like you said, is a question in this game. He's a superstar talent when he's on the court. But this guy cannot be trusted. And in the moment things don't go his way, he's going to check out and he's going to want out. Look, man, I'm going to tell you like this. He's been a problem child everywhere he's been. He's been a problem child everywhere he's been. He was a bust in Cleveland when he played alongside LeBron James. He was uh, very immature, uh, made it made it real clear that he didn't want to play with LeBron. And, and just imagine what they could have done had they stayed together. But this is a guy who you, who you mentioned earlier wanted to have his own team. So he goes to Boston and he blows it up there. He goes to Boston and he wants out of Boston as well. This is a guy who's never content, who's never satisfied. This is a guy who, like you said, can check out at any moment because he is not fully committed to his team. And I have not seen him I have not seen him show his true commitment to this Brooklyn Nets team. And I think that's why the Brooklyn Nets do not want to 
fully commit to him. They do not want to lock him up to a long-term deal because they don't know if Kyrie is going to show up or not. They don't know if he's going to play on a consistent basis. They don't know if he's going to one day decide, hey, you know what? I'm not going to play. I'm not going to suit up today. Why should I? Why should I suit up and play? You know, and I feel like every time and I, I talked about this in my video earlier, I did a video on this and and I said that every time a, a social injustice issue occur in this country, Kyrie Irving wants to take a break from basketball. You still have an occupation. You still have a job to do, and that is to play basketball. I mean, I know it's a distraction. I understand that there's a lot going on in this world. You know, we're dealing with social injustice issues. We're dealing with police brutality. And I understand that he wants to take a political stand and he wants to be an activist and he wants to be involved in the community. And he can still do all those things. But he's a basketball player. And I understand he has a large platform and he wants his voice to be amplified. He wants people to hear him and what he has to say. And that's all good and everything. But you signed a contract to play basketball. And and I feel like he also doesn't take accountability. He doesn't take accountability for his own actions. And we saw that last year when he missed a chunk of games. Yep. That's why the Brooklyn Nets don't want to commit to him. Let's be real. The Brooklyn Nets yep. don't want to don't want to commit to him because he was absent in a lot of those games. He didn't play in a lot of those games. And the Nets struggled to put it together during a daunting stretch in his absence. He refused to play as he remained unvaccinated. You know, and and it's always something with Kyrie Irving. It's, It's never a dull moment with Kyrie Irving, and he was painted as the scapegoat for the Nets' disappointing season a year ago. Yep. But like I told you earlier, no one ever questioned questioned his scoring ability or ball handling skills because yep. when he's at the top of his game and when he's laser focused, he is clearly, clearly, and you can make this argument that he is the best guard in the league. Yep. And uh, again, uh, what you what you said was true, but I, I want to take you back to Boston when he got even more crazier. Uh, he wasn't a leader for the young guys. Now, he came out and said he wanted his own team. He got his own team. But so you went from uh, crying about LeBron James. You didn't want to play with him, that he got all the spotlight, uh, that LeBron James got all the spotlight. He got all the fame in the NBA Finals. Of course, you know, when you have the biggest block of the NBA Finals, you know, that keep to keep the game that allowed you to make that three point shot, uh, you know, and people coming out. That's all people come out to say. But he was so he was so uh, a cancer in that Boston Celtics locker room. He's a Kyrie is a type of player. He's all about himself. He's a selfish type of guy. Kyrie Irving. In the Boston Celtics series, when he was playing like shit, he played like straight shit that second year in Boston when they lost to Milwaukee. He came out literally in a press conference and said, I should have took 27 more shots. He's already struggling. And he come out in the press conference and said, I, I should have took 27 more shots. No, he should have gave the ball up to someone. 
And that was um that was messing with Jason Tatum. That was messing with Jalen Brown. You remember midseason when they were struggling, called the team out and stuff like that, and he was still playing garbage. That's the type of stuff that we're talking about with Kyrie Irving. He owes himself to no accountability. He's actually a selfish teammate, and when things not going his way, he quits. He's not going to hesitate to quit. He's not going to hesitate to leave on you. And it was time that he was running uh, practices at Brooklyn against Bro at Brooklyn without Steve Nash. It was time he was doing that. So, but Steve Nash did allow it. He did allow it. So, at the end of the day, but Kyrie is a selfish teammate, and he's all about Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving is going to do what he want to do. And again, we don't question his game. He's a superstar in the league when he does play. But again, why would I want to pay you? If you're not going to play basketball consistently, if you're not on the court consistently, if you're not going to tell nobody where you're at consistently and let your own teammates and coaches know that you're going to be absent, you're going to have a mental issue. Kyrie Irving is a selfish player. He's all about me. When things not going right, mm -hmm. he's going to he's gonna uh, pout. He's going to moan. He's going to find a way to check out. It just That's what Kyrie Irving is. It's just who he is. Right. And, and that's who he's going to continue to be. Uh, he's already a guy who is set in his ways. And and like you said, he has a history of missing games and is going to do it his way no matter what. So if I'm the Lakers, there's no way I'm touching this guy. There's no way I'm even considering trading away pieces to acquire him in a trade. Look, he's notoriously an unreliable source, and he is not a trustworthy soul. Okay, and I think Sean Marks knows that as well, which is why he has been undecided on Irvin's future. And now Irvin, being the disgruntled and discontent player that he is, all of a sudden he's whining and pouting, and he, once again, wants out. You know, but that's what happens when you want to be a part-time player. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that will happen and will transpire if you ruin team chemistry. And as far as I'm concerned, he has ruined team chemistry. And a year ago, I will say that he did somewhat take accountability when the Nets suffered that early postseason exit. He took somewhat accountability and he was brutally honest when he when he admitted his absence was a distraction for Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. You know, he had a lack of interest in the team, which hindered the development of team chemistry and cohesion and cohesion. And he did talk about all of that. So um, uh, you, you could place some of the blame on, on the shoulders of Kyrie Irving. Because of how he has conducted himself. And yes, he is a self-entitled brat. I'm sorry to say, but it's the truth. He's a self-entitled brat. He's very selfish. He he thinks about uh, uh, himself before he thinks about the team. And it's it's more about team goals than it is team uh than it is team success. You know, he prioritized uh he prioritized individual play over team play and I mean we've seen it long enough to know this is how Kyrie Irving is it's not his play on the court that's never been called into question it's his character that has been called 
into question. And I think you and I both agree that he has been a problem everywhere he's been. And now you put him on yep. this Laker team, you're going to have more problems. Yep. You know, you, you, you don't want this headache if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. It's bad enough that that organization is in the state that it's in now because yep. of how poorly the roster is constructed. So why would you even, why would you even think to, <laughs> you know, bring yep. in a, a guy like Kyrie Irving? I mean, I understand it makes a lot of sense because he used to play with LeBron, so he would re reunite with his former teammate, and they seem to have patched things up uh, from, you know, back when and everything. I, I get all of that. But you don't need the unnecessary drama, nor do you need the distractions from a guy who has shown time and time again that he will quit on you Yep. in an instant. Yep. Yep. So that's my thoughts on the whole Kyrie Irving thing. And when I heard the news today, I wasn't I wasn't very surprised. But I thought they had kind of worked things out and I, I, yeah. I thought they were close to getting a deal done and I didn't think this would be a dispute. But I will tell you this before we move on to the next topic. I will say this. This is going to be an ongoing saga until he is officially traded. Trade it, yep. And until um, we know where he will uh, land before the trade deadline. But this yep. is going to drag out. It's going to be a long process. And this is going to be the story um, for days to come. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we move on. I, I just want to say that if I'm Brooklyn, I'm not playing them no more until he's traded. That's what I'm saying. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm not playing. He's already want the man out. He already wants out. I'm not putting him back on the court until I'm getting until I find the right deal that's going to help out this basketball team and get and get a lot of pieces and get the deal that I want. I'm not playing him on the court no more because he's clearly you don't want him on the court and he being disgruntled and not being able to play his game. And then the other guys don't want him apart and, and then having a locker room and comes down to the locker room and gets into another dysfunctional act in the locker room. So if I'm Brooklyn. I'm keeping away from I'm keeping away from the team. I'm not gonna play them. I understand you want to play if you want to play them for uh you know to uh you know so people can trade for them you know his value. But you know what Ky you know Kyrie is a star superstar when he plays. You know people's gonna want him. So just set him out. Just set him out and you know go go with the rest of the guys you got. But it's gonna be really interesting to see how Kevin Durant reacts to it because Kevin Durant not gonna want to be a part of a Brooklyn team. That's not going to be a, running the playoff push. Kevin Durant is not going to want to be a part of that. You know he was frustrated going into the regular season, but I really thought Brooklyn had something. The moment if Kevin Durant comes back, I really think this Brooklyn team can beat anybody in a first-round matchup. And I think this team could have been dangerous, but now Kyrie Irving again come with this uh, shenanigans again. Now it's going to throw off the whole Brooklyn team again and cotton kevin durant it's not going to be long before you start seeing him being frustrated again and wanting out too and this is exactly why james harden bailed out on the brooklyn nets this is why he requested a trade from the brooklyn nets because he saw that it was all about to implode and what are we seeing what are we seeing he envisioned this 
and look what we're seeing. And Kevin Durant's the next to uh, walk out the door as well. I agree with you. Kevin Durant's going to be out because Kevin Durant likes to take the easiest path to a, a championship. I don't care what anybody say. Now, this is not me dissing him at all because I like Kevin Durant. I think he's one of the greatest players in the NBA. Now, I think it's a bit of a exaggeration. I think it's a bit uh, uh, hyperperly to say that he is um, that he is the world's best player. You know, to me that that that's a bit that's a bit of a stretch. You know, but he is a good player and he's an impactful player. So whatever team you put him on, he's gonna make an immediate impact. No question about it. I don't think any of us have ever denied that. Uh, but um, we're going to move on in a second. But again, Kyrie Irving is not to be trusted. But yes, there's there's teams that's in desperate need. And, and, and the Dallas Mavericks, they need another superstar to team up with, with Luka. So, I mean, he can go to Dallas as well. And, and Dallas, again, they, you know, there's been a lot of talk that they need to do whatever it takes to keep Luka in Dallas. Yep. This yep. is a move that they can make to keep yep. Luka happy and to keep him in Dallas. So we shall yep. see. We shall see what yep. will transpire uh, once it's all said and done. But now we're going we're gonna to switch gears here. Uh, we're going to move into the NFL uh, because Brian Flores, man, he is um, – getting interviewed. He's going to have an interview for the D.C. Uh, job in Denver. Um, I like it. Um, it's 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 a job, of course. It's, it's not a head coaching job, but yeah, it's a defensive coordinator job. Um, I think Brian Flores is deserving of a head coaching job. Uh, Brian Flores definitely has the credentials um, he's more qualified than some of these less qualified candidates, uh, but yet uh, teams uh, kind of, you know, pass him up. Uh, they don't even consider uh, offering him a job. And I wanted to ask you this. I wanted to ask you this, Dante. Do you think this has to do with his discrimination lawsuit? against the league that remains in place or I don't know if it's been settled, but the dispute, we, we should say the dispute um, and the discrimination lawsuit against the league. Do you think that is kind of having an effect on why he is not a top candidate for some of these uh, coaching openings around the league? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I thought they would have gotten over it at that point of time. Uh, like I say, he shouldn't have been fired from Miami after the team, yeah. you know, uh, went on an eight-game winning streak. He was managed to get the team right back together after a one-and-seven start. I think he should be a head coach. I know, like you said, a job is a job, but he should be a head coach, man. I think he should be a head coach. You know, Arizona will be a perfect head coaching job for him because, Kyler Murray, you need someone – 
a strong-minded head coach, a strong-minded guy that's going to hold Kyler Murray accountable. You need you need some type of uh like Brian Flores will definitely hold you know uh Kyler Murray accountable. He will not play with Kyler Murray. He's going to get the best out of his players. He's he's a leader of men. It's also like D'Amico Ryan's is and every other uh coach out there. Every most of the coaches out there, and he's well respected around the league. So I definitely think this got a toll upon it. And he should be a head coach, man. I don't know why is he not getting some of these head coaching jobs. But I mean, he is he is going to he is interviewing for a DC coordinator. But I feel like that Arizona job, you know, uh, could he could change some things there. You know, D Hop, they're getting ready to trade D Hop soon. I think D Hop is done. He's done with all that. He's done with uh Arizona. Kyler Murray's not gonna play uh the uh most of the year because of the ACL injury, but he really needs a coach that's gonna sit up there and grow Kyler Murray a tournament into the player that he's supposed to be. And uh he's gonna definitely help out that Arizona Cardinals team. So again, I feel like he should be uh definitely be a head coach in the league, but I think just because of that lawsuit that, that was put out, I think they're still holding that against them. But I would really like for him to be, you know, a head coach. And Arizona will be a very great spot for him to be the head coach, take, have, have the head coaching job in. When he was in Miami, the culture was there. You know, that team had a winning attitude. That team took on his personality. I think a number of, the play, a number of players on that team gravitated. Uh, towards him as well. Um, you know, he commanded that locker room. He commanded the respect of those players. Um, the players played hard for him, you know, and, and he was committed to the game of football. I think he's one of those game-changing co- uh, coaches. He's He's a coach that can build a winning culture wherever he goes. And his know-how, his finesse, and his coaching style and his leadership style will quickly change the dynamic of of an entire organization. And he will have a contagious effect on an organization. I think he's definitely qualified for a head coaching job. And I'm a little, I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a job for him, but I'm a little disappointed that he's not being offered head coaching jobs. I think, I, I think he, I think he is deserving of it. I think he's wordy, um, and I think, you know, the NFL still continues to show that we lack diversity. We lack diversity. Uh, there's not enough black coaches in the NFL. And I'm not trying to make this a race thing. I'm not trying to uh, uh, be political because this is a sports show. But I'm spitting out the facts here. You know, and it's time that the NFL becomes more diverse. Um, Hopefully we see a change in the hiring process. Um, It was great to see D'Amico Ryan get hired at Houston to become the Texans head coach. That was great to see. That's a step moving forward. Uh, But we still lack uh, African-American coaches in the NFL. Um, Hopefully we'll see changes. 
Hopefully, Brian Flores will get another coaching opportunity in the NFL. I really like him. I like his personality. I like I like his I like his guts as well because that took a lot of courage um, to actually file a lawsuit against the NFL uh, because a lot of people felt that he could have got blackballed for that. You know that that could have been that could have been the end of his coaching career in the NFL. That could have jeopardized his coaching career. Fortunately, it didn't because he's still getting hired and he's still being looked at as a defensive coordinator, but not a head coach, which he should be. It's a number of guys who have the credentials and who has built a resume yep. uh, to become a head coach. Look at Eric Benamy. Uh, 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 the list goes on. Steve Wilkes. We talked Steve about Wilk, him. Yeah, he should have been a head coach he, with the you, Panthers. You said yep. the other day on my show that Steve Wilkes yep. should have been hired as the as the head coach in Carolina. Yep. That they should have removed the interim tag from mm-hmm. his name and named him the head coach. They didn't. They brought in yep. Frank Wright. That's who's gonna be, you know. Uh, directing that team moving forward. Uh, but, you know, we have made some progress uh, in recent years. We we got two African-American uh, general managers now in the league. So that's a huge step. And then you look at D'Amico Ryan's hire, and that's something to be encouraged about as well. Uh, so we have, we have made some steps, but we still have a lot of work to be done. Yep, we definitely do. And um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, another black head coach, he's been getting interviews as well. Uh, Raheem Morris, uh, the head coach, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Rams, uh, he's getting he was getting some interviews. So I hope he can find a way to end up getting a head coaching job with the Indianapolis Colts or the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Raheem Morris can end up getting one getting getting one of those two jobs though. Yes. Yes, I would like to see that as well. Um, I think those guys are well deserving of it. Yep. Now, coach, we're gonna go back into the NBA, and we probably should have stayed in the NBA <laughs> yep. before we shifted gears and went to talk about the NFL. Hey, Gene, what's popping? What's good, thanks Gene? For, uh, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Thanks for uh, chiming in and and sharing your thoughts with us. I, I'm with you, man. I I, I would yep. like to see that. I, I think he I think he uh, would fit in very well in Arizona. I think he will help um, with the development and the rise of uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Yep. You know, I I think that would do justice for Kyler Murray. So I like that. I like that hire. Um, I think that would be great. And yes, Brian Flores is definitely a top five NFL head coach. No question about it. A lot of people uh, don't acknowledge that, but I'm glad you did. So uh, thank you for uh, your comments and 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 thanks for watching and joining us tonight. But uh, Coach Dante, we're going to move on to the NBA. Again, we're going back to the NBA. Uh, we're going to talk about All-Star, NBA All-Star snubs because, as you know, the, the NBA All-Star Yep. NBA All-Star uh, roster for both the East and the West uh, were were announced the other day. And yep. there's been some players, as always, that's that's been left out. They're they're not invited to the party. Um, 
I want to I want to get your thoughts on this. Who's the biggest? Who's the biggest snub? From the well, uh, a lot of people will say James Harden, which is I don't disagree with. But I, which is I don't disagree with. I think he should be a part of the All Star game. But I got a player right here that I wrote down on the list. Um, got a player. Uh, he plays for Sacramento. His partner made it, Sabonis, who's one of the under most underrated centers in the league. Who's one of the most underrated centers in the league, averaging 18 points, 12 rebounds. I got a De'Aaron Fox. I want to say De'Aaron Fox should have made the all-star team. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 24 points per game, four rebounds, six assists. You mean to tell me he's not a part of what the Kings are doing right now, along with him and Sabonis, you know, with Malik Monk over there? Uh, Kevin Herter, that you the sharpshooter that used to play for Sacramento. Um, I think De'Aaron Fox plays a big part of that offense. He's definitely a scorer. His shooting got really his shooting got better. I think De'Aaron Fox is a big snub in the Western Conference, you know, for the all-star team. I think he should have made the all-star team. Pascal Siakam, another good choice for the Toronto Raptors. He's really good, but I'm I'm gonna go with De'Aaron Fox. I really like De'Aaron Fox. And he's a big part of what Sacramento is doing right now. Yeah, Gene said uh, Pascal uh, Siakon is a big snob as well. I agree with that. But one of my big snobs um, has to be um, Darius Garland. I think he's a snub, man. Look, I understand that the Cavaliers – don't have quite the same best team in the conference. Um, I, I I get it, but you know Darius Garland has done uh, plenty individually to warrant consideration, in my opinion. He's he's one of of just seven players in the league with at least a thousand minutes played and averages at least twenty points and eight assists. Um. I mean, he's in the same company with Jokic, uh, uh, Luka, Halliburton, and Morant, and they—they they, they, all of them are all stars. Yep. You know, all of them are all stars, but Garland gets left off the team. Um, that—I mean—that puts him in good company. I think he should have made the All Star team. I think he was well deserving of being a part of the All Star team. And another guy. Is Jimmy Butler. Look, we all know how tenacious Jimmy Butler can be. We all know how fierce, how fierce of a competitor Jimmy Butler is. And it just amazes me that he's left off of the all-star team. Jimmy Butler is 10th in the league in estimated plus minus. Um, you know, with the exception of Anthony Davis, who has who had who had appeared in only 28 games in her Thursday. Everyone ahead of him is an all-star, but he doesn't make the all-star team. How Zion Williamson. Zion Williams missed a chunk amount of games, and I think he's a part of the all-star team. Zion Williamson has missed a chunk amount of games, and I think he's a part of the all-star team as well. Um, I say I think De'Aaron Fox definitely deserves an opportunity to play in that all-star game. I, I'm a little bit surprised that he uh, didn't make it. I thought he was going to make it, but his partner made it. Uh, Sabonis made it. Uh, Sabonis is a very good center, man. He's a very good underrated player in this league. 
uh like i say averaging uh 20 uh averaging 18 points 12 rebounds and he also sabonis also averages seven assists he's also averaging seven assists so he's been he's scoring he's rebounding he's been a playmaker he also can shoot from the outside but De'Aaron fox I think he got robbed, man. De'Aaron Fox should have been on that all should have been on the all-star team. And you got guys that been out for quite a period of time, been out for quite a period of time on the all-star team, but you can't put De'Aaron Fox and you can make an argument for Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, uh, you can definitely make an argument for him. James Harden, you can make an argument for him to be a part of the all-star team as well. He averaging 21 points, 11 assists. So at the end of the day, man, you can make an argument for all of these guys that we just named. And you got some of these guys out there hurt, and they still get they still got in. They still got an all-star game. But but coach, you gotta remember this too. This is a popularity contest. Yes, yes, yes. So it is. the fans they want to see the Zion Williamses. Williams. Yep. They want to see players who have big names. They they want to see the flashy big name players. You know, that's what everyone comes to see when they watch an all-star game. And also, too, an all-star game is not as relevant as it used to be back in the day. The all-star games are not the same as they were back in the day. You know yep. what You know what the all-star game's purpose was back in the day? It was, uh, it was a chance for fans to see players from other teams that were outside of their markets that they didn't get a chance to watch on a regular basis. That's yep. why we had the All-Star game, for fans to be able to see what other teams have to offer and how good other players are. And that was a chance to see a showcase of talent come together for one night on the on the, on the hardwood floor. That's what it was yep. all about, the collection of talent. You know what I'm saying? It, yep. it, 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 All-Star game is not the same anymore. It's irrelevant because... You have so much access now. You have laptops. You're able to watch YouTube videos. You can see highlights of what the players is do what the players are doing. Uh, all you gotta do is go to on YouTube and, and type in Darius Garland or, or, <laughs> yep. or type in De'Aaron Fox, and there you yep. go. You, your highlights will pop up. And and it's it's just a different time that we live in. That that these people now have so much access to the internet. They have computers, mobile devices, and you're able to see what these players are doing at, yep. as opposed to before. You couldn't see what all these players were doing um, until you, you saw that collection of talent on the floor that particular night. So that's what an all-star game was all about. So does it really matter? But what I but but here's here's what here's what amazes me when a player doesn't make the, the all-star team. They take it personal. A lot yep, of they do. They personal. do. Yep. And, and what we see from the player in the second half of the season, they 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 step their game up a notch. Yep. They turn it on, and you see you see a different player with a different mindset than what you saw in the first half of the season. So that's what usually happens. So sometimes, if it doesn't send the player into a tailspin, it 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 the player becomes really focused. To where he's performing better than what he has before. And that's what we've seen from some of these players. They take this kind of stuff personal. Unless you're a Rudy Gobert and burst into tears because you didn't make the all-star. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, James Harden uh, and, took and it to Twitter. That's not a personal shot. I, I'm yep. just 
I'm just using that as an example. Yo, James Harden took it to Twitter after uh he didn't he found out he wasn't on the all-star team. Um he took it to Twitter and said disrespect. Uh, he felt like he was disrespected, definitely was disrespected. You remember it was a year that Damian Lillard, you know, did not make the all-star team. And he came out, he didn't talk, but he came out and showed it in his game. Uh, dropping 60 against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, soon, coming right up out of the all-star break. So he showed it with his game that, you know, he deserved to be up on that all-star team. So some of these guys do be, they do be, uh, it do be getting to them. They think about that. They think about that a lot, and it do uh, get to them. They do get in their feelings about it. But, you know, Damian Lillard took it the real way. You know, show it with your game, and that's what he did with uh, against Golden State by putting up 60 on them. And James Harden took it to Twitter and said disrespect. So, yeah, like I said, like you said, it's nothing but a popularity contest. And, you know, people want to see these guys, man. And, you know, you got people, uh, guys, people, fans voting Derrick Rose and Austin Reeves them in an all-star game. Getting them trying to get them in the all star game, and like I say it's just crazy, it, it's just crazy how they go by that. And, and just uh, I'll say I'm not saying take it away from the fans, don't let the fans vote, but golly, it, it goes too far, it just goes too far, it just goes too far, yeah, it does. And a lot of players unfortunately get left off, but you know, James Harden always takes it personal, but then he never backs it up in the postseason, yeah, you know, we we always see him uh, uh, choke. Under the pressure in the postseason, I mean, you know, so James Harden should shouldn't really be focused, whether or not he's been omitted from the All Star team. He, he that that should be his last worry because yep. he's approaching the latter stages of his career. If he's not already in the latter stages of his career, he should be more concerned about winning an NBA championship. Yep. But we'll talk about that a different day. We're yep. going to move on now. Our next topic is Julian Love. Giant safety Julian Love uh, recently aired some grievance about the sideline antics of Eagles coach Nick Sirianni. Love has since doubled down in his belief that Sirianni if I'm saying his name correctly, because I'm still trying to figure his name out, is basically in the right place at the right time with a group, with a great group of players. What are your thoughts on Julian Love's comments? Do you think that's sour grapes? Do you think that's a a, a bit of jealousy? What is that? Is, is that a guy who is showing envy? That's what it sounds like to me. It is. It's showing a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of a sore loser. That's all it's showing to me. Uh, you know that uh, that he don't. He didn't want to see the Eagles. He got beat by the Eagles. That's all it's about in, in a blowout fashion. So that's all it is. A little bit of a jealousy and it's just a little bit of being a sore loser. A little bit, man. Like I say you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the coaching, if you don't have the coaching that can coach up the talent. Uh, and I always people always stop use the met you kind of use that metric all the time. Like Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, he he didn't have the a lot of people was playing Eagle fans was saying, you know, he don't got the talent around him last year to do can do what he do. Now he got it around him. Now he got the talent around him. Now you see what type of defense uh the Eagles are. Now Nick Sariani made the playoffs with less. 
last year. He made the playoffs with less talent, so it shows a capability that he can adjust and and uh, be a solid, a great coach. All they did was added, you know, all they really did was added AJ Brown. They added Kaiser White. They added CJ Gardner Johnson. You can blame that on the Saints because they didn't want to pay him. The Saints weren't going to pay C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So that's not Nick Sirianni's fault that they went out and got him because the Saints didn't want to even pay him. Now And they got Kaiser White. They went out there and got Kaiser White in free agency, one who had a one-year contract, a prove-it deal. And they got Jordan uh, They got Jordan, uh, Jordan uh, Davis in the draft. They went out and paid for a son, Reddick, got a son, Reddick. Uh, like I say, it's pretty much the same team, except the uh, free agents that he did sign. And they only did pretty much one thing to the offensive side of the ball, which has got A.J. Brown. That's all they did. And Nick Sirianni made the playoffs with uh, Jalen Hurts, who played his first year, who was his first year. Devontae Smith was a rookie last year, and he's still able to make the playoffs. So all of that, uh, Julian Love, just a little salty. He just a little salty. And, you know, he just um, – he just uh, kind of got upset, you know, that they are that they're out and that they're watching the Eagles in the Super Bowl versus the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's all it is. Solid. Nick Sirianni is a hell of a coach. He knows what he's doing, and you know, and he's not the one calling the plays. James Steichen, the one that's uh, in head coaching interviews, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, he's the one calling the plays. So it's a little saltiness for Julian Love, you know, it's a little saltiness. Yep, and you know. The Eagles have great players. Yes, sure. They yep. have great players. But part of playing great is having a coaching staff yep. that properly develops those players. And that's something Nick has done. Yep. That's something Nick has done. He has revitalized the culture. He has reshaped the culture there. You know, uh, the players have brought into his coaching style and his leadership style. And, and he has been a huge plus uh for that Eagles team you know and 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 I I think it's a, it's a bit of jealousy as I as I said moments ago and you agree with this as well uh, yep. the coaching staff develops uh they put their players in the best position to succeed and that's what Nick has done uh they utilize the players provided by the front office yep. and that's what Nick has done you know so to to say that, is is um not <laughs> not crazy to me because yep. it's coming from a Giants player, which is a, a player from the rival team. Uh so there's a bit hostility there. There's some jealousy. Yep. Uh, you know, th- there's some saltiness. But let me remind Julian Love that a lot of salt, man, is too bad for your health. It's really, really bad for your health. And, yep. and Coach Dante, I don't know if you saw my shirt the other day, but I wore a graphic tee that said, don't be salty. <laughs> and, you know, tonight would have be probably been a perfect time to wear that shirt, don't be salty. Yep. With the little girl from the Morton Salt, I believe that's what it's called, the Morton Salt. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those graphic tees that I, that I rocked the other day. And Julian Love needs to be reminded not to be salty. The Eagles are a a great team, yes. But Nick has done a terrific job as a head coach, and you can't take that away from him. And you can't deny the fact that he has had 
a tremendous impact on the team's success this season. Yep, he definitely did. Uh, and like I said, he made it with less talent last year. He made it with less. Right. Uh, he basically made it with two rookies being on the squad on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you had Quest Watkins, the slot receiver, on the offensive side of the ball. He was a rookie last year. Uh, you had, like I say, Devontae Smith, who he was a rookie last year at the receiver position. They just added A.J. Brown. They just added A.J. Brown on the offense. So other than that, the offense basically is still the same. They had the best offensive line in football for, for a while, for about at least three years straight. So the offense is still the same. The defense is what changed. The defense is the only thing that really changed, and they needed some help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so, again, Julian Love, I mean, try again next season. You, you wait your turn next season. So, right now he watching Eagles <laughs> in the Super Bowl, so he just got to wait to turn another shot opportunity for next year. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he has to wait until next season. Yep. Uh, but, but Coach Dante, before we get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on who is the most, right now, currently, actively, who is the most underrated player in the NBA? Or if you have multiple underrated NBA players, let me know. But who is your most underrated NBA player right now, as of today, in the NBA? Okay, I already named two. I already named uh, uh, one of them that was uh, I said De'Aaron Fox is a snub, but I got two. I got two of them, and I mentioned Sabonis was one on the list, which we didn't talk about, but I got two more of them right here. Uh, I got CJ McCullum and uh, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma. Now, Kyle Kuzma is not going to get mentioned because he plays on the Washington Wizards, and the Washington Wizards are a pretty bad basketball team, they're not really that good of a basketball team. Uh, but Kyle Kuzma, uh, like I say, Jonathan, you kind of know this a little bit. Every everybody that do lead the Lakers get, gets immediately better and gets immediately groomed into, uh, you know, a very good player, and that's what Kyle Kuzma is. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, uh, twenty one points per game, seven rebounds, four assists. You know, he definitely averaged a double double last year, so he's in that twenty point per game range. When you're playing with LeBron James, you got to sacrifice offensively. Lot, which is Kyle Kuzma was clearly when the better when the ball was in his hands. He's clearly a scorer. Um, so Washington Wizards, along with Bradley Beal, gives him that opportunity with the ball in his hand, gives him opportunity to take more shots, and that's what he's doing. And he's doing it pretty, pretty, pretty well yeah. and efficiently. CJ McCollum, uh, ever since he got traded for Portland, done a great job. You know, 21 points, four rebounds, five assists, and a lot of people forgot how big CJ McCollum was. Uh, when he first got traded to the Pelicans, you remember they beat San Antonio in the playing tournament and they got hot before the season uh, ended and they end up taking the uh, Phoenix Suns to six games in the playoffs. Most of that was, you know, right there with CJ McCollum. So those are my two, you know, underrated players, CJ McCollum and Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma not going to get mentioned too much because he plays for the Washington Wizards. The Washington Wizards, I think they should go in full rebuild mode. And Bradley Beal, and I think Bradley Beal should want out, and I think they should do him a favor and get him on a playoff contending team. And I think they should just go in full rebuild mode. Yeah, my I'm with you there as well. But my two are Shay Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander from the OKC Thunder. Um, look. 
he's not a complete stranger to most fans. Um, he was a lottery pick in the 2018 NBA draft, and he's been amazing with the Kansas City Thunder. You know, he has made quite a leap over the last uh, season and a half um, to the point where he is an all-star selection. And now it, it feels inevitable that he is an emerging star in this league. There's no question about it. Look at the, the career high numbers he's posting across the board. You know, um, his efficiency it is down quite a bit this season, but he's otherwise picked up right where he left off. Um, with averages of 24.20, uh, 24, excuse me, 24.2 points, 5.8 assists, and 5.0 rebounds through 53 games. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, he's just, he's just doing his thing, you know? Yep. And I, I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's uh, the most, Underrated player in the NBA. He has great ball handling skills. Um, he's a distributor. Uh, he plays really good defense. Yep. He's a really, really good defense. And uh, my mistake, I was looking at the wrong stats, by the way. But, hey, it's still relevant to this day, right? Yep. He's, still, he's still he's doing his thing. The guy is doing his thing. And another underrated player to me um, as well is uh, Murray, the backcourt mate for – um, Trey Young, I think he. Oh, Dejounte Murray, Dejounte Murray, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I yeah, also yeah. think he's. Yeah, I love very, him. I love him. He's yeah. a very underrated guard as well. Uh, he's a high impact player. Um, he doesn't get enough shine in the league. You know, a lot of people don't acknowledge him. I think he's flying under the radar because I think he's a really, really good player, and he has the numbers to prove it. Um, he has the play on the court and the competitive fire to back it up. Yep. Uh, so those are my two underrated players. I don't want to give it all away because I'm doing a video on this in the morning. So I'll okay. talk more and I'll go more in depth on it in the morning. Uh, but yeah, my mistake for looking at the wrong stats on Shea. Oh, you good. But, you good. But but uh, but that 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 kid is bad, man. He he's yeah, that bad that man. dude that dude is really good, and he can play very good defense too, man. He plays really good defense, and he's starting to become an improved three point shooter. He didn't have that three point shot in his game, uh, for first start of his career against in San Antonio. But the dude is the Murray. Uh, I believe you know if they can get on upon a little winning streak, I believe if the team can play someone a little better. It is some chem, definitely some chemistry uh, issues over there in Atlanta between Trey Young and John Collins. Them they've been trying to get him about it out for three years. I think they need a little bit, you know, more tweaking in Atlanta. I think they can be a dangerous first out. I think they can be a dangerous first out in the uh, in the first round, depending on the matchup who they play. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win that first round matchup, but they can make it a long series for whoever they can, who they potential play in that first round or in the playing game. And Murray definitely helps them on the defensive side of the ball mm -hmm. and the offensive side of the ball. Play, uh, take a little pressure off Trey Young. 
And they got some capable guys. They got some capable guys out there that can play some good defense. If DeAndre Hunter can stay healthy, again, another player that I like uh, that can put uh, shoot the basketball and play a little bit of a defense, I believe. The Atlanta Hawks can be a scary team in the first round, depend just depending on the matchup they go against. And I say and Murray, that's a great pickup. Gilgis Alexander, one of my favorite guys in the dope. Uh, in the NBA right now, man, can score over anybody, can drive to the basket, get teammates involved. Also, a very good three-point shooter. Was kind of overlooked in college a little bit. Uh, was the third best point guard in the draft. Now, he, you may be arguing he's, he was the best point guard in that type of draft. But you had Trey Young and Luka in that same draft probably with them. So, that kind of he was kind of overwhelmed by those. But that's a great – those are two great guys right there who I really like. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm 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 with you 100% on that. But my man, we have ran out of time. It has yep. been a great show. As always, Coach Dante, it's always a pleasure, my man, to do this show with you. And before we get out of here, I want to make sure that everyone subscribes to the Sports Empire Network uh, sports channel. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Do us a yep. huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. This show, The Judges Corner, hosted by myself and several other podcasters who come on and join me, this show airs every Monday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time and Wednesday nights, the same time, 8 p.m. Pacific time and Friday night, 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's 8 p.m. West Coast time. I want to thank our listeners and our viewers for watching because without you guys, None of this is possible. And I want to thank Coach Dante again for joining me. This was another yep. awesome episode of the Judges Corner. Uh, um, we were thrilled to have you guys with us tonight. Thanks again. You guys.